Hey, welcome into the Revo podcast. I'm Jamie. I'm so glad that you decided to join us. Uh, this is actually episode three of our podcast called Relationships. Two weeks ago, you got to hear from Matthew and Caroline as we talked all about singleness and, and what that looks like. Last week, you got to hear from uh, actually myself. I fall into that category and my wife and uh, uh, John and Abby Wood as we talked about what it's like to be married and to not have kids in that journey. So if you want to hear those two, you can go back and listen to them. I personally think that the second one's my favorite because, you know, I got to do it with my wife. Uh, but <laughs> today we are hitting the third in our fourth, the third episode in this series where we are talking all about what it's look like, what it looks like to have marriage uh, actually with kids. Oh. So I brought along uh, some I don't want to call them experts, experts but is fine. No. experts yeah. is a good experts. word. Experts. Okay. I brought along some experts here. Uh, they are married with kids. So why don't we go around the room? Just uh, introduce yourself. Awesome. You start. Okay. I'm Amy. Um, you might know me as the person that's downstairs with kids. That's what awesome. she's best known as. For sure. Uh, I'm Josh, uh, one of the pastors here at Revo, better known as Amy's husband. It's also what he's best known for. <laughs> yes. We've uh, been together 20 years. Yes. Married 18, years. four kids. Wow. Ooh. Experts. Oh, yeah. yeah, experts. <laughs> Definitely. You passed the test. I'm Kristen. Um, I'm one of the worship leaders here at Revo. You are. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you oh, are. Yeah. <laughs> and you are. <laughs> she had to make sure. <laughs> I'm Jason. Right? I am married to said Kristen. Uh, I serve on the senior leadership team, and I get to play guitar sometimes. Yeah. And um, we've been married for almost, almost six, six years. years. And we have two boys. Uh, so, Carson is two, mm. and Caleb is five months. So we're yeah. here to learn. Experts. <laughs> Experts. 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 Yes. We're yeah. fumbling. Technically, yeah. you're not two under two. <laughs> Yeah, we, no. we barely missed you that. You barely so. missed the mark two under two. Well, man, I'm excited to have you guys. So the first thing I want to talk about actually is something that I think is very important. Um, a lot of times you'll see that when couples come together, they they get married. They're all about their spouse. They're, they're enjoying life. And then uh, wouldn't you know it, surprise, a baby comes. And mm -hmm. all of a sudden they go from husband and wife to now mom and dad. And they're no longer together and they're no longer uh, spending time with each other, seeking each other. But now it's just all about this is mommy and daddy. We're not husband and wife. And they start to drift apart. And so there's there's actually a book that talks about this. It's a it's a pretty good book. It's called Date Your Wife. And and the premise of that book is how you should be spending time with them, how you should be spending time with your wife, with your husband. And so I'd love to just take a second and see first we'll ask the ask the husbands in the room, how do you prioritize uh, dating your, your wife? Because, I mean, Jason, you have two kids, almost two under two. Yeah. Uh, Josh, you all have four kids raging, ra ranging and raging. <laughs> There's sometimes raging. There's sometimes yeah. raging. That's, that's, that's raging true. and ranging from what? Four, four, 14? 13? 13. 13, yeah. <laughs> um, 13 to nine. Yeah, yeah. so. Four years. So how do y'all take time to really spend it with your wife? Like, how do you prioritize that relationship? Me? I'll go first and then you can clean it up. <laughs> well, that, for sure, for sure. <laughs> now I say, I mean, we're really figuring this out with uh, infant. I don't know at what point a baby becomes not an infant. But he's four months old. so Sometimes I think our teenager's an infant. So Yeah. So I've met adults that are infants. So. <laughs> so what you're saying is it does not get easier? Correct. Correct. <laughs> awesome. No, I mean, we're figuring it out. I think we had a decent rhythm with one. Um, and now with two, it's like it's more than double the amount of work. So <laughs> Definitely. Uh, sure. I think one thing for us was just, and I 
stole from you guys and have not implemented nearly as well <laughs> is just being the bedtime Nazi. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like we need time alone after. So mm -hmm. a lot of times it's the rush in the evenings to mm -hmm. get bath time done yeah. and get prayers and get in bed. Yeah. Um, but then I think apart from that is like trying to find time for her. Um, things that she enjoys, whether it's like getting her hair done or a massage here and there, you know, things that where she can feel love, feel special. Um, and I think we're figuring the rest out kind of as we go. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Um, I think for us, uh, we, we made the decision very early on that our kids would go to bed very early. Uh, and, and so, uh, I, I go to bed very early, like eight 30, probably my bedtime. Uh, and, and so, by nine. yeah, definitely asleep by nine. Uh, mm -hmm. but our kids, we put them to bed very early. And, and so that looked like time that we could spend together. I didn't want to get to the end of our evening and, uh, every day we haven't spent any time together. Uh, and then, uh, just another rhythm that we have is, um, every Friday night is date night. Um, and so every Friday night, Amy and I do something and it's just, it's just us. It's just for us. It's just with us. And so that means we, we guard that time on our calendar religiously. We say no to a lot of things on, on Friday night because we know on Friday night, that's the time that Amy and Josh spend together. So that's just one way that we, we try and date, date each other. I think that's very good. One thing I actually took from you, Josh, uh, shout out Josh. And if, if you are a husband, you should do this. Uh, we did the relationship builder test of Ooh. buying a set of Legos and then putting it together. Excellent. And uh, here's what I can tell you happened. Uh, we spent time together. We have this awesome Thanos gauntlet. Shout out Marvel. You can sponsor us, by the way. Um, but we got to the end and we said, hey, this was an awesome time. We not only have a really cool gift, but now we got to spend some time together. Yeah. So that was a great this little intentional time we got to take. So that's something that I gleaned. But now, uh, Amy, Kristen, I'd love to know how you prioritize your husbands because I think sometimes it comes down to, hey, the man is prioritizing and seeking. And then sometimes I think, especially if you're a mom and you have a child, you start to become all about your child, which if you want to be a good parent, you you should seek your child mm -hmm. and you should love your child. Like if you're not, that's <clears throat> terrifying. But how do you actually make time for your husband where you're not just focusing solely on your kids? Yeah. Um, I would say right now, as Jason said, we're in a very hands-on stage of parenting. Mm, definitely. So with a five-month-old who is like, we haven't, I don't think we've been on a date night since we've had him yet. So, we've so it's not, been at least five months. Yes, yeah, so it's okay. been at least Darn. five months. So yeah, right now we're in the stage of trying to figure out how do we do things at home that because like mm -hmm. most of y'all's date nights are at home. Yep. I think that's right. important for people to know too. It's like you're not always going out spending money. It's yeah, usually babysitters are expensive for four kids. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, doing things in the home. Um, so right now we're we're looking a little different. I'm trying to figure that out. One of the things that I try to do for Jason is give kind of like what he said, give him time to do the things that he enjoys. One of his hobbies is golfing. Um, there are a whole lot of like internet memes about how long men take golfing. <laughs> and so one of the things that hopefully it's I can do. It's a three do day event. <laughs> well, you take longer when you take as many strokes as I do. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. So, so one Show of the things that I want now. to do is be able to give him time away from the home, but not only that, but for it to be guilt-free. Like I don't want him to come back and be like, well, that took way longer than expected, you know, but for him to come home and, and us be excited to see him and also like him not feel guilty about the time that he's had um, away from home. So that was something. And then something that's free that any woman, any wife can start doing right now, listen, 
listen when they talk. I think that's like something that is very underappreciated mm-hmm. in today's culture is just being able to give him time to talk about the things that he talks about and he cares about. And if I don't care at all, I can at least listen and like entertain the conversation. This is news to me, and by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I care about all of the things that you have to say. No, but I think that's that's a big thing, just to make him feel heard and appreciated, even though we're not able right now to go out and do extravagant date nights all the time. Um, we'll get to that phase again. We were with one, like we said. So right now, it's it's important for us to see in the middle of having an infant that we're not hitting the pause button. There are things we can do in between feedings and in between night wakings that are still going to like show each other appreciation. Yeah. So what about you, Amy? Um, well, I do, I do try to prioritize Josh being able to spend time with people by playing basketball. Um, I cannot say that I always do it with a happy heart. That's a, a phrase that we use in our house often do things with a happy heart to show um, that, and I don't always do that. Um, Saturday, this past Saturday, for example, was not done, but it's okay. But another thing that we learned (laughs) early on was when we had, um, when we lived in Raleigh, um, right after we got married, we had a group of 20, um, 20 people. So 10 couples that were just we were always together. Mm -hmm. Um, and we did this huge study on, um, how to make our marriages stronger because we had all just gotten married and none of us knew anything. And Zero so, experts. <laughs> um, so we said we need to ask some experts. So we did yeah. a marriage study. And the biggest lesson that I learned, and all of us will still say, and all of us are married still, mm-hmm. um, that to build our husbands up. Mm-hmm. Um, and oftentimes culture will say, well, a man just wants to stay at work or be off doing other things. And oftentimes that's because they come home and the wife is like, I can't believe you didn't do blah, 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 or something of that nature. Mm-hmm. And so, like, instead of um, constantly telling them all the things they should have done or could have done, um, building them up and listening to them, like Kristen said, about what they are doing. Um, because you're taking a tree, essentially, and every time, you know, your husband's like a tree. Every time you go to say something bad, you're just chopping their branches off. Mm -hmm. And so before you know it, and you can't just up and regrow a huge branch. Mm -hmm. So before you know it, you're a bare tree. Um, But if you take time to care and love for your husband, then they can flourish and be the man that God wants them to be. And if they're flourishing, then they're going to easily be able to use that overness to love their wife. Yeah, I think that's good. Yeah, one thing I can say is, Josh is not a stick in the ground, so. I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) Not yet. Uh, So I personally believe that time is the most valuable currency we have. Um, Money is important and you need it, but also you can always make more of it. Uh, You can go and there's stories of people that go thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. And then through rigorous saving, through Dave Ramsey, through hitting the lottery, whatever the case may be, they end up getting out of debt. They are debt free. Uh, but time is the currency you can't get back. Whenever you spend that time, you, you can't come back later and say, oh, I'm going to, I spent 30 minutes. I want more time. We can't do that. So when it comes to time, not only are you prioritizing it with yourself, with seeking each other, but also as, as parents, you have kids. So I'd love to know in, uh, how you prioritize spending time with your family. Uh, is there routines that you do? Obviously, 
uh, Jason, Kristen, your kids are a little bit younger, so you have the bedtime routines, you have the feedings, you have the set routines, but I would love to know, is there things that you're doing to actively have that time spent with your family? Yeah, we definitely prioritize the evening times. Um, that's something that we've kind of, from dinner on, we try and make sure that that's a family mm. time. I think with our schedule too, we'll have conflicts a lot of times or in our group one evening. And so it's like when we get t- get home and we know we shout have- Shout out our know, groups. Yeah, shout out to our groups. If we know we have a night at home and we don't have anything on the calendar, then that's going to be like special family mm. time. So that's from dinner to bedtime, mm. just making sure that we're not on our phones too much. We're not going to, I mean, sometimes we'll be intentional and watch a movie together or something short together, but usually it's, you know, whatever Carson wants to play with, Caleb's just along for the ride at True. this point. But <laughs> yeah. So whatever Carson wants to do, we're all in. If mm. he wants to play with his cars, like we're they're the coolest cars we've ever seen and we're just all about it um and just really making that time special so that then when it is an early bedtime we feel like we've maximized on that hour hour and a half that we have to play with him and it's chaos like oh pure chaos there will be sweet potatoes all over and like last night for example carson got down from the table like 20 times times. and it required some discipline Yeah. yeah However, we still prioritize and we're going to have the time. We're going to have dinner. We're going to yeah. do it. Yeah. This is dinner time. Yeah. So. Uh, that, that's so good. I remember when our kids were uh, were that age. Um, mostly, I remember it fondly. Amy remembers all of it. Uh, uh, so uh, That's because you were gone a lot. I traveled a lot then. Uh, but, but even now, like last night, for example, we had maybe 45 minutes before it, after dinner, before bed, and we just said, we could sit around and just kind of stare, or Amy and I could check out on our phones or whatever else. We said, let's let's just play a game. Uh, and, and so sometimes, uh, you know, 45 <laughs> minutes is like a, a four-week game. Like if you play Phase 10, it takes a long time. Um, or uh, our kids like Monopoly. So we just, just stuff like that, trying to trying to really prioritize that. And then Amy, like, what do we do on Friday, every Friday night? What do we do? Um, so every Friday night we do, before date night, we do pizza and a movie. And so it's just tradition. Um, I started it when Josh was um, traveling back and forth to Central America um, before we came on board at Revo. Um, and so we used to do popcorn in a movie because mm-hmm. popcorn was a lot easier Fast. and they were also <laughs> like five and under. So they were also filled up by popcorn um, and I didn't have to cook. Um, but it has become now pizza in a movie and the kids just look forward to it. They're like, no, you have to go home now, like to their friends <laughs> in the neighborhood. It's pizza in a movie night. Um, and we all pile up on the couches downstairs and eat pizza and they get to pick a movie and, um, it's just kind of what we do. Um, another thing that we do is we do family devotional time, um, at night. So, um, sometimes that ends very quickly. It depends on what the mood of our son Elijah is in, honestly, um, because he likes to make sure that the whatever Bible is lining up with the actual Bible, mm-hmm. even though he's 10. So sometimes um, we have to make sure that we have our theology correct for yeah, the night. that's true. And that they are not stretching it at all. Mm-hmm. But um, it's a really good time to just that we have together. And um, the Jesus Storybook Bible is one of our favorites, and our kids could recite it back and forth. And so they know that God loves them. Yeah. Mm. That's good stuff. Uh, That's something for us, like me and Casey, we don't have kids, but one thing that we work on doing is spending time by playing card games. Yeah. Uh, Real big. Like we love Rami. I don't know if you've ever played Rami, Uh but that's something that we'll play. So like we'll eat dinner 
and then we'll sit down and before we watch TV or you know before we do more work after getting off of work, yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll sit down and say, hey, let's uh let's play let's play some cards. Let's just spend a little bit of time together. But I want to jump into this next section here. So as Christians. If you are a believer in Jesus, you know that you are called to serve the Lord. Uh, Psalm 100 verse 2 says, serve the Lord with gladness, that we should be glad to serve. Deuteronomy 10, 12 says, serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. We know that Jesus then quoted that saying, hey, serve the Lord. Like we are called to serve. It's it's all over the Bible. It's mm-hmm. everywhere. If you come to Revo, one of our core values is serve hard because, mm-hmm. hey, you are called to serve. So in your marriage, how do you make serving the Lord a priority? Uh, were there practical things you did early on that that helped you with that? Having kids, did that change the way you had to serve? Like, how did you first prioritize serving as a couple in your marriage? Yeah, we were kind of unique because we met serving Jesus. Aww. So. Wow. <laughs> um, no, so Jason was a part of Revo first, uh, spoiler alert, and then I was looking for a church. We came across Revo through Ardmore's D-Now um, mm. program, and that's where I was attending at the time, and then started visiting Revo, and then that was kind of how we met. And so one thing that we talked about is just we've never strayed from that. It was like we mm-hmm. we both love worship, and we're serving on the worship team seven years ago, eight years ago now, um, I think is when I joined, maybe nine. But it was, that just never changed regardless of like me being pregnant. I was like, I'm going to sing until I have this baby. And then after maternity leave, it was like, I'm back up. You know, so, sit on top yeah, of y'all, y'all have seen me a few weeks like that. So um, I think that was just the thing. We, we knew we loved doing that together. Um, we also knew it was something we were called to do. And so when it got hard or if it got complicated, we would work together to figure out what's this going to look like. And then definitely once kids entered the picture, we had to kind of pivot. Like if Carson gets sick, who's going to stay home? You know, how are we going to make that work so that one of us is still there or um, we can somehow, you know, still serve together. Yeah. So, What about you? Well, I mean, <laughs> I, 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 well, this, this question was like, how do we serve together? Um, and I was like, when did we start serving? <laughs> um, and so it's just who we are almost. Yeah. Um, before we had kids... We used to just look at each other and go, what do people do if they're not at church? Yeah, that's definitely So, I mean, before we had kids, we led a small group um, one day a week. We led middle schoolers another day of the week. Mm -hmm. We did Saturday night church and Sunday morning church. Mm -hmm. And then we still felt like we had plenty of time. And so Josh was helping orchestrate mission trips to um, Belize. Mm -hmm. And so our next step was to... I mean, I just don't, it's just who we are. Yeah, it, I, I, I agree. It was just what we did. Yeah. Um, it was it was part of the DNA of when we when we met and uh, met at church. So, Aww. you know, there, there you go, met through church. Uh, and then it was just part of uh, part of what we were doing. We we're just serving together. Um, and and I think for couples uh, that that it was just a priority for us, mm-hmm. you know. And and then as kids layered into it, um, it, it just became a priority for our family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's that's just that's just who we are. That's who the Edmonds are. We serve. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, and it looked different through different phases mm-hmm. and different seasons because mm-hmm. I had to, um, I would serve myself 
silly nonstop and not stop. Um, but with small kids, I had to prioritize the kids first. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like sometimes that meant when we were missionaries, it meant me just taking the kids with me to be able to go visit teams and be able to visit the different ministry partners right. versus me being able to go to be there the entire time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. that, that's so good. Like you said, prioritize. Like so often people choose it's it's one or the other. Either right, yeah. it's kids or ministry. Yeah. And like you just chose which pieces you could actually do and be effective yeah. with. Yeah. We had to do something similar. It's like we were leading our groups. We were both in our groups right. and the worship team and other responsibilities. Like you can't do it all. Mm-hmm. Does that mean cut everything and stop yeah. serving? No. Well, no. But you have to do. I mean, it's a different phase of life. You got to figure it out and adapt. Yeah. yeah uh, one one quote that I'll, I've heard in the past is it's a no for now, but a not forever. I think mm-hmm. um, families, uh, marriages. Uh, when 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 you look at serving, you're like it's no, and it feels very final. Uh, and we we realized just as our kids age that there's different seasons, and so we said we said no, like Amy was saying, we said no for now, but it wasn't forever. Mm-hmm. And now we can say yes to other things that we said no before. Uh, to now we say no to some things that we may say yes to in the future. Yeah. So that I think that's a great thought. Um, did you know that kids take up a lot of time? Mm. Like d- learning this is that new? <laughs> is that news? They do. I was just like yeah. as ex- We've experts. Been doing it as for experts. years, almost. We're discovering. Yes. So yeah. <laughs> what would you say to people who claim that maybe they were serving before and then they had kids sure. and they stopped, or or maybe they were never serving but they had kids and. I've experienced this before where people were like, I just, I just don't have time to serve. I, I have kids, they have <clears throat> soccer practice mm-hmm. or band recital or whatever it may be. Like, what would your response be to someone that's saying, hey, we don't have time to do it? How, like, how has serving blessed you and, and what would you say or challenge them when it comes to trying to start serving? Yeah, I think we've all heard it said around the table (laughs) that someone once said, if you say you don't have time, change it and Mm. rephrase it as it's not a priority for me to blank. And so when you take that and you say it's not a priority for me to attend church or serve in church or whatever the thing is, that's a totally different like phrase coming out of your mouth instead of saying I'm too busy, um, which is a lot easier to say and and not feel as guilty about it. Um, I think we, like you said, we've both been so blessed by serving in church. Um, I'll speak for you guys. Mm-hmm. We've yes. all been blessed. <laughs> yeah. And so having kids, um, like Jason was hinting at, like we just had to rephrase the way we looked at it. And so no, we're not leading in our group together this season. Do we plan to in the future? Yeah. So it's a no for now, but not forever. forever. Um, But are we still serving? Yes. So sometimes that might be a a little bit more hands-off level of serving. Um, That's one thing Mm -hmm. I love about Revo is there's so many different opportunities Mm -hmm. to serve. You could do something like guest services where it's a Sunday morning only commitment versus something like the worship team where you're preparing throughout Mm -hmm. the week to serve. Um, And then, or you could serve on the worship team once a month instead of every week. So it's kind of a create your own adventure as far as serving, but we know that it's that important. It's worth, you know, moving pieces, finding out like what area is going to fit me best. Um, so that's, that's what I would encourage people with. Yeah. For us, serving began to be part of what we do. It's, um, we, we bring our kids to church with us. We, we bring our kids when we're here for both services, we bring our kids when it's a baptism time and we're setting up and our kids are the ones that are Cleaning up, it's 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 a value of ours. Um, asking ourselves, do we want to be like Jesus? Jesus served. 
Um, and so as a family, that's what we're going to do. Uh, and and like, like Kristen said, it's a priority in our family to serve. Uh, and that's just how it is for us. Yeah, I think about it. One, one thought is, well, I can't serve with my kids. Mm-hmm. I've had somebody actually tell me that. I'm like, I would love to serve, but I have, I have a kid. Like, they can't, they can't be with me. Right. And I challenged them. I was like, wouldn't you want your kid to see mm-hmm. you serving Jesus? Wouldn't you want your kid seeing you praise and sing mm-hmm. and in service taking notes? Mm-hmm. Like, don't you want them to get that idea and that identity? Because... Kids are always watching you. Mm-hmm. They're watching what you're doing. They're going to pick up, you say a phrase one time, and that's going to become their new favorite word. <laughs> yeah. And you don't even remember saying that right. word. Yeah. Yes. But now they've repeated it to 100 different kids mm-hmm. because they're watching yeah. and they're soaking and they're learning. So just a challenge for you, if, if you're there and you're questioning, hey, I've been on the fence about serving and, and I'm hearing this and, hey, I, I have a kid, bring them to serve. Because what better way for them to get that identity of Jesus than to see you doing it, mm-hmm. to see their parents doing it? I think that's so just incredibly challenging to me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, so seeking Jesus, like serving is one thing, but the other side of the coin we are called to do is, is to seek Jesus. We know that reading and studying and, and seeing what Jesus did, he would oftentimes retreat on his own. He would feed the 5,000 and then he would send them away, send the disciples away and he'd go off and and he would pray. All throughout we saw, even all the way up until he was on the cross, he he made a point of going and and seeking the Father, of praying and spending that quiet time. And so if Jesus made it a priority, guess what? It's probably a priority for us. So I'd love to know how your personal quiet time looks. First, like for you personally, having kids, being married, what does your personal quiet time look like? Say it. It probably looks different than it's displayed on K Love. <laughs> <laughs> like our personal and quiet time is personal yeah. and it's quiet. Like yeah. my time, like we're not in a prayer closet holding hands, yeah. reading, <laughs> like, like writing notes together, right. and like no, like she does hers and it's quiet and it's personal and I do mine. Like we're going through a book, uh, a U version, uh, Bible through the year plan together, okay. which is great. Have we discussed yeah. it or like done anything with it yet? Yep. No, but Maybe like, one day, one day. One day. we'll yeah. get there. It's, it's a no for now. It's a yeah. no. Yeah. Not, for not, not forever. Not forever. So yeah, I mean, we do a lot of that independently yeah. just in times like that we fit into our schedules to make sure that it gets done because mm-hmm. it's a priority to make sure that we, you know, we're rooted ourselves before we try to um, instill anything into our own kids. Mm. Yeah, I think for me, uh, my personal quiet time, I, I go to bed early and so I wake up early. Uh, I get up, you know, probably about 4.30 and it's coffee, it's my iPad, I'm a journaler, I'm reading the Bible, I'm praying, I'm listening to music and all that stuff is before anybody else in my house wakes up. And, and that's just that's just what works for me. Our kids wake up and, and it's it's go time. Like I'm helping everybody else get ready for school, make breakfast, whatever else. Um, but I know that Amy's looks looks different than that. A lot like what you guys were saying. And so, what do you what do you do to spend time with God? Well, I think that well, it's, it's once again I will say it's different seasons. So like when the when I had I mean our three biological children happened within three years. 
So, um, like, my quiet time during those years was in the middle of the night. I always read my Bible in the middle of the night during those feedings because it was the only silence that I had that I knew that there was nothing else I could do. So it was glorious, and it made me so happy to be up in the middle of the night because if you know me, I do not like to be up in the middle of the night. That's correct. Um, She hates it. And so, you know, redirect my heart. Mm -hmm. Um, But... Since then, like I try to, first thing I do is I try to be the first one in the building um, at church um, Monday through Friday. And I just, that's when I open my mm-hmm. Bible because I have to wake up for at least an hour mm. to read anything Walker. and it, get absorbed um, because reading is a struggle for me, anyways. Sure. And so if I'm not awake, I'm not going to be able to fully talk to God at all and absorb what He's saying. That's very good. Yeah, I'm a I'm the uh, start the coffee, get halfway through the coffee, and then I'll think about opening my Bible. I gotta get I gotta get personally like woken up. But so that's personal quiet time. Uh, what about together as a family or even just as a couple? Is there things that you do or uh, things that you don't do that you wish you did or uh, just what does that look like for you as a family uh, doing devotionals together? Well, with a two and a half year old, we don't do many devotionals. So, so it would be under the list of things would, we'd like to do. Yeah, things, things, <laughs> no for now, not for Yes, coming, coming in the future. Yeah, I think um, we will read books at bedtime. And so occasionally there will be a like Christian themed book in there. Mm-hmm. We have not yet cracked the Jesus Storybook Bible because he's a little firm with turning the pages. I'm afraid he's going to rip them. So That's fine. We've All not of our pages in the Jesus Storybook yes, Bible are ripped. Yeah. So together. it's okay. So, um, yes, our bedtime routine with Carson is prayers every night, though. And so we give him time. We have now trained him. We give him time to tell God thank you for things. And so we'll start by saying the things that we're thankful for. And if, you know, if he's sick or if anybody in the house is sick, we'll pray that God can help their tummy feel better or whatever it is. And then we open it up and we say, Carson, what do you want to tell God thank you for? It's usually and Mimi. So it's usually Mimi. Shout out <laughs> yeah. to you, Mimi. You're the real MVP. Um, and Katie. Yeah, Katie and Mimi are every night. And then every now and then he'll throw in something that is just out of left field. And you know he's been thinking about it and it's so cute. Last night's was his Bible room. Ooh. So shout out to our backyard yeah. at South Fork. He loves his Bible room <laughs> and he thanked God for you guys last night. Um, that has been really sweet though, is he'll think of different things that happen in the day or family members that he wants to thank God for. So very, very low level. I noticed that you guys didn't say Pastor Matthew. So Carson's not, not very thankful for Matthew. It's more of a South Fork. <laughs> Daddy rarely gets a shout out. In, okay. prayers, in fairness, mom and dad don't normally make the we list either. It's either. only Matthew. So Matthew don't want yeah. it. Yeah. It's just me. He still Katie. loves you. Yeah. yeah, he does. But Caleb's your favorite. So yeah, I think I think one of the things that we do we we spent like you guys when our kids were young we spent a lot of time in prayer, um, a lot of time praying with the kids. Sometimes it was wild, like God, thank you for dinosaurs or whatever they were in for, into at the time. You know, Amen. thank you for Dora the Explorer. Like, yeah. okay, yes, praise God. Uh, but then very early on, we began to read the Bible with our kids, and and for us, it's the Jesus Storybook Bible. Uh, we just we just love it because every story whispers His name, and, and every story is about who Jesus is and what He's done for us. All throughout the Bible. So we have um, routine rhythms during the year where we read that. We read that at Christmas time. We're getting ready to read it at Easter time. Uh, so just to remind our kids about what he's done. And we've gone through different devotionals uh, in the past. Um, when we pray with our kids every evening, uh, we tell them right when we're leaving their bed, we say, um, you're so smart. 
Uh, you're so beautiful, my boys say I'm handsome. Uh, okay, so you're beautiful or handsome. Uh, and mommy and daddy will always love you no matter what. And we say Jesus loves you even more. Because we want to know there's nothing that they could do that could separate us, um, our love from them. And we need to know that our love is just small compared to how much God loves them. That's really good. One thing I'd like to ask uh, you guys, specifically Josh and Amy, um, y'all have been doing this now for a little while. You've been praying as a family. You've been doing the devotionals. You've been doing the Jesus Storybook Bible. Uh, I'd love to know, have you started to see fruit in your kids' lives since starting that at such a young age? Because I know, like, for Jason and Kristen, they got two right at two. <laughs> it's not under two, it's at two. <laughs> and so, you know, they're not seeing this fruit yet. They're starting to lay the groundwork. They're sowing the seed, if you will. Uh, but I'd love to know for you guys, like, what fruit are you seeing in all that labor that you started, you know, 10 years ago? So I will say that um, one thing, when we lived in Belize, we moved there when Madeline was two years old. Mm -hmm. um, and so living in a developing country, there's a lot more things to pray over. Um, I'm just going to be honest. We yeah. prayed over our laundry. We prayed mm -hmm. over our car mm -hmm. because we'd have to throw a cinder block behind it so it wouldn't roll away. Um, True story. It's... You know, so like we just made prayer an active thing in our lives. And one fruit that we saw, so our, um, so we went back to Belize this past summer with all four of our kids and mm -hmm. our youngest is adopted. And so she had never been to Belize. Um, but being able to see Madeline literally just go up to strangers and just pray over them yeah. um, and open up and be, and just literally just go, okay, I'm going to pray for you and I'm going to listen to what you have to say. Yeah, as, um, as parents, we prayed that um, our kids would have what we would consider to be boring stories, uh, that they would surrender their life to Jesus at a very early age. I pray that for your boys now, uh, that, they would, that their story would not be filled with sin that God redeemed them from, but because of their closeness uh, with the Lord, that it's sin that he's kept them from. Yeah. And so all of our kids have uh, accepted Jesus. Um, all of our kids have been baptized. Um, we see now um, in, in Madeline, our oldest, she, she opens up her Bible and she has a journal and she's sitting at her desk at night and she's reading through it. Um, she's challenging her friends uh, and, hey, you guys don't read the Bible. Let's read the Bible together. And so there's, there's fruit, yeah. small, consistent deposits over a long period of time. They return on that investment. Yeah, that's very good. I think that's something that, you know, as a parent, that should encourage them of saying, we're four years in and yeah. we haven't started yet. Uh, that should be something that hopefully encourages you and saying it's not too late to start something. It's not too late to start getting your kids into the word of mm -hmm. picking up the Jesus storybook Bible mm -hmm. of picking up the devotionals. I know our world has a ton of resources. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's not too late to, to jump in and start because what I know is true is that if you're sowing seed, if, if you are sharing the gospel, whether it's, to people or to your kids, what I know is that that's not going to come back void, yeah. that God's going to do something with it. And so hopefully that's some encouragement for you to to start seeking that in your family's life, in your kids' lives. Uh, so as we're about to wrap up here, I'd love to give each of you a chance to just give any final thoughts you have, any any nuggets of wisdom you have when it comes to being married, when it comes to having kids. If if there's a nugget of like, this is something that I do every day for my spouse, or this is something that we had this hard season when our kids weren't sleeping, or this hard season of they started school, public school, private school, 
Christian school, it doesn't matter, it's school. And, and these things popped up. Like, I would love to give you a chance to just share any final thoughts mm -hmm. because I know that there's parents that are going to watch this podcast and uh, I would just love for you to give them a moment of saying, hey, we see you. And this is something that really helped us, really encouraged us. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think, you know, it's so easy, especially nowadays, to be so kid-focused, kid-centric. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at all the AAU yeah. and, like, all <laughs> yeah. the sports and everything that goes on. There's just so many excuses you can make as to why you're not investing in your spouse and in your marriage. Because mm -hmm. um, ultimately, it, it's your relationship with God, your relationship with your spouse, exactly. and then the rest. Yeah. Like, right. yeah. I mean, and that also involves your kids. Yeah. Like, it's not the most comfortable thing to say because we do love our kids, but our spouse is still a priority. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's important to make sure we model the marriage that we want our kids to have. Yeah. Um, they're going to... They appreciate the things we do for them, the money, the time, all those things. But it's not the AAU game that they got to go to that they're going to remember. <laughs> sure. It's going to be the relationship that they saw you have with your spouse. Mm -hmm. And do you want them to replicate what you have mm -hmm. um, or do you want something better for them? Yeah, man, that's that's so good. Um, Amy and I were just talking last night, uh, just kind of in preparation. Uh, and, and we said... Um, she mentioned communication. So do you want to uh, share what you had talked about communication with me last night? Um, just that, like, the biggest, we've been married for 18 years. So there's been lots of peaks and lots of valleys. Lots of peaks. Lots of peaks. Lots of peaks and lots and of uh, shorter peaks. Yeah. And some of those Small valleys peaks. were before, a lot of those valleys were in having kids mm -hmm. um, and trying to have kids. Mm -hmm. um, and, but at the end of the day, communication is the key. So communication in the fact that we have to be able to listen to what the other person wants mm -hmm. and hear what they're saying and not take offense to them, yeah. um, whether about any topic. Yeah. But if you don't learn to actually communicate with each other and hear each other and be honest fully with each other, mm -hmm then your marriage is going to be on pins and needles because if you're not fully sharing with your spouse, then who are you sharing with? Right. And so you need to make sure to fully communicate with them. Another thing that um, during one of the hardest seasons of our marriage was um, when we were trying to have kids. Mm -hmm. So we joke because we had three kids in three years, but it took years for right. God to answer that prayer right. um, and a failed adoption, the whole nine yards. And so, but what I learned during that season for our marriage was to wake up to choose to love you every single yeah. day. So how am I going to choose to love right. you in that day? And that sometimes I might not like him, but I always <laughs> choose to love him or like what you did. Guys, I heard a lot of valleys and she has to choose to love me that's tough what, what the, uh so one of, one of the things that uh if i could if i could ask anybody to do anything in their marriage um i would echo what jason said it is definitely to have the right priorities mm. uh, to prioritize the lord uh, to prioritize your spouse and then to prioritize your family and everything else after that uh, i tell our kids all the time uh they they say daddy who's who's your favorite and i say, guys it's none of you None of you are my favorite. Your mother is my favorite. Go I said, well, God's my favorite. And then your mother is my favorite. Uh, and so that's a priorities and then prayer. 
Um, every single day, I pray for our marriage. Um, I pray protection. I pray blessing. I pray, I pray favor. I pray for whatever we're doing or going through in our life. Um, but every single day, um, I pray for our marriage. And I've just, I've just seen God answer it. I've seen fruit from it. Um, I pray for God's will. I pray for opportunities, all of that stuff. So just continuing uh, to have the right priorities and pray. No, that, I think that's so good. I think, uh, I think to close it out, I think Jason hit the nail on the head. I think when it comes to relationships, when it comes to priorities, I think it needs to be God first and foremost yeah. mm-hmm. in your life, whether you're single, whether you're married without kids, married with kids, no matter what your relationship status might be, I think God has to be your number one. Right. If he's not, then everything's going to crumble. I then think your spouse needs to be number two. Mm-hmm. Um, they're the one that you're going to be together with forever, mm-hmm. uh, Lord willing. They're the one that's going to, when everyone else might dump you for some reason, they're going to be there with you in the bottom and they're going to be there with you in the top. And so God needs to be your first, your spouse needs to be your second. And then I think that's where your kids need to slot in as third. Because then at that point, you're saying, I love you. I care for you. I'm going to be there with you over work, over anything else that might come up, but the best thing you can do for your kids is show them a strong marriage and show them a, a heart that's chasing after God. Mm-hmm. And so guys, I'm so excited y'all were here for us. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Like I said, this was episode three where we were going through marriage with kids and be on the lookout next week for the last one where we look at what it's like to be married and have adult kids. So I'm so excited for it.